Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. Uh, glad you all are here. Um, I want to welcome you. I brought a bunch of books. Actually, I have 70 books here. Oh, come on. <laughs> We're not going to get those out all at once. But um, we have a very special service today because... The kids are here leading us in worship. We're going to share in some baptism celebrations. And what an exciting time. Oh, my goodness. You can turn this down, I think, just a little bit. Or you know what? Turn off all those other mics, if you would, John. I just hear them ringing a little bit. Thank you. Um, As you know, Steve and I were away for a couple of weeks, and uh, that was just an amazing trip. Um, You may or may not know about this, but I want to share a little bit with you about what we did for a couple of weeks. We had an opportunity uh, to go over to England, to Oxford, and do some theology study. And that uh, is, has been a bucket list of mine to do, uh, just, just a dream for decades. And Steve was involved with Talbot Seminary, Talbot Theological Seminary, and involved in this course. And the last week of it was going to Oxford and actually sitting in class with some Oxford students there and some Talbot uh, Theology. Uh, uh, it's actually Biola University and the Talbot School of Theology at Biola. And so we had the opportunity to go and be there for a week and sit under 10 professors, 11 if you count the other one that we got to spend time with, uh, 11 professors in five days. And one thing I can share with you right up front, and this surprised us, is there is faith in Oxford. I am telling you like nobody's business. It's just not, it's just not how we planned it. It's not what we expected. But we, we bumped into so many people. The Lord kept just introducing us to so many people who had this vibrant faith. And no matter what their age, for example, well, I'll show you the class here. Well, let's see. What else do I want to tell you about that? Well, that's what some of these books are. I just want to let you know what these are because some of the curriculum, um, what, what we were doing is studying evangelism in the, in the early church. And Ed Stetzer, who's a professor, um, at, at Talbot, he, or no, he moved, yeah, he's at Talbot, he was at Wheaton, and uh, so Ed Stetzer was the lead professor, and some of the books that we were assigned to read are these three here, there was one more, but these were the best ones by far, this is by Ed Stetzer called Christians in the Age of Outrage, this is the main one, uh, well, those two are, I get to think of the main ones, Evangelism in the Early Church by Michael Green, if you want to write these down, if you want to get these, um, but we're also going to summarize these things and bring these things into the church and just what we got to experience with the folks there and with the professors and with the material. The third one was, uh, I haven't read much of this one yet, Center Church by Tim Keller, but I've read a few pages of that. Uh, all three of these are really amazing, and, and I might, might share something from them today. I don't know. Um, but being there for... I guess about 12 days, we just had the incredible opportunity to spend time with people that we didn't really know we were going to meet. Here's the classroom. Well, I'm sorry. This is where we uh, had worship every morning starting at 8.20 sharp, 8.20 a.m. every morning. So the students from Wycliffe uh, come in there, and all the students that were here for this course, we uh, gathered in there every morning for worship, for prayer, um, it was just amazing. It was really, really beautiful to just start the day uh, every day like that. This is the class. This is 
I don't know, how many is that? 40 people, 35, 40 people. This is Steve's shoulder here in the bottom right. I, I could, for some reason, it wasn't intentional. Um, those things as wide as my camera would go. Um, and most of these students are Wycliffe students at, at Oxford University, and, and then the Talbot students are kind of mixed in there. But that's the, um, that's the classroom where we were every day. And then I want to show you, um, just in this, in this uh, worship time here, what Steve and I did the first morning, and this actually kind of speaks to some of the foundations that we want to build into Crossroads Church. One of them, as you may remember, is, is gathering. When we gather, we want to encourage our church to come early. Gather early. I mean, if the service starts at 9, be here at 10 till just to see who you might bump into. We, the service started at 8.20. We got there about 5 till 8. And we met this guy named Bruce Gillingham. We uh, immediately just developed a rapport with this guy. He was a chaplain at Wycliffe Hall. And we went to lunch with him that day uh, after spending just 20 minutes with him before the service in the morning. And then we learned that uh, Bruce Gillingham was actually a mentee of this guy, Michael Green, who wrote this book about 50 years ago, and he's passed on now. But that was one of the first things that happened is we just found this guy. God introduced us to him. We went to lunch with him and heard his story and his testimony. How old is, how old is Bruce, do you think? Close to 70? Uh, 72. Uh, but just this vibrant faith, full of joy, full of gladness, full of the Spirit. I mean, it was so wonderful to spend time with this guy. This, uh, I want to show you a couple of other things here. This is just kind of a sort of a whimsical photo. Another person we had to meet is a guy named, we had the opportunity to meet is Simon Horobin. And we're out on this little uh, tour with Simon and uh, just out in this little town square. And this is Simon here. So Simon holds the same chair at at Magdalen College that uh, C.S. Lewis held for 29 years. And it's medieval literature and English language. In fact, he wrote a book called A A Brief History of the English Language, which I've not read. Uh, I don't need to from Alabama. <laughs> I should write a book myself. That's what I should do. So, um, but Simon, Simon does not give tours. Simon is a professor, a tutorial professor there at Modlin College, and he doesn't give tours, but because of one of the other professors named John Dixon, it was his good friend, he called him and said, hey, hey would you show some friends of mine around Oxford, and you don't get to go in Modlin College, and he took us in there. He showed us where C.S. Lewis uh, worked and lived, where he went to morning prayers every morning at 8 o'clock uh, for decades, uh, where he and Tolkien watched, walked around this thing called Addison's Walk uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And so this is Simon Horbin, and what a, what a, a lovely fellow. This is Maudlin College. We walked into one place. Steve said, it looks just like my uh, place at, T- at Texas Tech, <laughs> just like my college years. And if you, I want to give you a little bit closer up of this right here. Uh, just have a look at this. I mean, these figurines on the second floor here are five feet tall, and the library up top, the grass on the other side. I mean, these places are amazing. There are 39 colleges at Oxford. My daughter asked me if she could apply there. Yes, Gracie, sure. Go for it. See what happens. We're going to pray. But um, just the relationships that we got to form there and be together with, I'll show you another one here. This is a guy named Peter Isles. 
We met him at church. Uh, by the way, showing up early. We, we wouldn't have had a seat in this church if we didn't, if we didn't show up early. And uh, Peter Oz was standing beside us, and he just, we were chatting with him. He invited us to lunch. And it turns out he went to Jesus College at Oxford in the 70s. I think graduated in 74. Uh, he lives in Waterford, uh, about 30 minutes north of London. Sweetheart of a man. And he was, he's retired. He's a retired physicist. And he is asking God just how he should invest his life. And he wants to learn more about evangelism. And so when we told him about this class, he's like, hey, can I take you to lunch? I'd love to hear what, what you've learned. But we learned from him at his age, just, just passionate about digging into his faith with God. And it was just inspiring to be with this guy. And he said after the lunch, hey, would you like a tour of Jesus College? Would you like to go with us? Uh, go with me. And so we did. We got to go. And that's the dining hall on the right there. And, of course, showing Steve around in the quad on the left. And this dining hall in particular, by the way, that's uh, the big painting up the top is Queen Elizabeth I because Jesus College was founded in 1571. And so Queen Elizabeth named herself the foundress of, of that college. Um, that painting has been hanging in that room for about 400 years. Yeah. It was an incredible time. Just an incredible time. Do I have one more? No, we'll go to the message. But we did, I just want to share with you kind of what we were up to. Um, studying evangelism in the early church, and it was, it was wonderful just to be around so many others who were diving into these things. And it was definitely an opportunity for us to learn and, and have God lead us uh, just where he wants us. And, so, and, and some of these things were just, many of these things were just fascinating and I think very important for where we want to go as a church and how God is leading us and how he wants us to minister in this community. And so we'll share more of that with you in the coming weeks and months for sure. We're going to have some times um, during that uh, 11 o'clock hour throughout the winter. We'll do some things where we'll share these things together and dive in. But today we want to dive in on baptism. And it's Christmas, and you may say, well, why are we doing a baptism service at Christmas? Well, I want to draw that connection for you and move through four simple things this morning before we invite our folks to come up and be baptized. And that is basically I want to share a few Christmas verses with you that you've all heard. Uh, I want to talk about Genesis 3, and I want to talk about the gospel, and then, and then baptism and how these are connected. So the Christmas verses, the fall, the gospel, and baptism. There's an absolute connection there, and we'll move through this very quickly this morning. Uh, we won't be in a rush But uh, I want to read these verses for you. Listen to this. I know you know these verses from Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And from Galatians 4, and now these are not the verses. We'll, We'll move through these four verses in a moment. Galatians 4, listen to this. But when the fullness of time had come, Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. We are his children. Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region, the kids read this for us this morning, 
And by the way, um, that was wonderful. That was just wonderful. Just having these kids lead us and tell that story and, and, and the development, the, the preparation that they put into that. Come on. That is beautiful. Yeah. Would you give them a hand again, please? Oh, I hope they can hear us wherever they are. So from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news and great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, and on earth peace among those on whom his favor rests. Okay. We love to celebrate Christmas. At least I think we do. And surely we can get lost in the materialism and all the things that distract us from the faith at Christmas. That is always a challenge every year. But the reason we are here together today and the reason we gather is to remember that Christ did come. And also to remember why he came. We hear in these verses, it's good news, that it is meant for peace. He is to bring peace. But we're going to look at Genesis 3 for a moment. And the fall, just to get an idea of why he came, a little bit more of an idea of why he came. And I know we know these things, but it's worth remembering together, especially when we're going to share in, in some friends, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, baptism here this morning. So if you have a Bible, and you do, you can turn with me to Genesis 3. There's one under the seat there. Turn with me to Genesis 3. I'm going to read a few verses I um, just want to point out a few things about this, and we'll move to these other verses. Oh, yeah, I need to put some readers on. So turn to Genesis uh, 2, actually. We're going to read a couple of those lines. Genesis 2, uh, chap- uh, chapter 2, verse 15 says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, I don't know about you, but at that point in time, Adam and Eve have one rule. The law is really simple at this point, right? Really, really simple. Just one. And do you think maybe you could have kept that? I mean, all these other trees, the Garden of Eden, this beautiful place. Can you imagine the fruits there? The man- what, do we, what do you think is Jesus' favorite? Mango? I guess the fig is a good argument. Everything is there, but don't eat of this tree. One, one rule. 
If you think that's easy, I can in a way put you there with one quick statement. Don't look at the ceiling. Thank you. Don't look at the ceiling. How many of you have already looked at the ceiling? You don't have to raise your hands. Or maybe your neighbor's shoes. Let's change it. Don't look at your neighbor's shoes. Do you feel that? It's so simple. It's very simple. Surely you can keep one rule. But what is that inside of us? No, I think I will eat of that tree. And certainly the, the serpent came and tempted them. And, and, and I believe with God's incredible creation, this idea of free will. And I think, you know, we think of predestination and free will. I think of it like this. I believe in predestination, but it, it still feels like a choice to me. Does it to you? It is. It's some mysterious thing how God created this and gave us the capacity to worship him or not, to make these decisions, to go left or to go right. It is one of the most beautiful things in all of creation. And used in a godly way, there's no end to what can be accomplished and to what can be done for his glory. All right, read a little bit more in Genesis. We're going to jump over to Genesis 3. You know they did eat of that tree. This is why Jesus came. Because he said you will surely die. The serpent even said, did he really say that you would die? God, come on. So the the separation from God and the death, the alienation from God in those moments exists now throughout eternity for everyone who's ever been born. And we're not just alienated from God. Because we're alienated from God, we're alienated from each other. We're alienated from creation. We're alienated from within ourselves. And I'm going to show you this in Scripture. Check this out. If you look at verse um, 7, or maybe 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. They were now socially separated, the two of them. Do do you see that? We're naked. These things happened where this alienation immediately permeates all these other things in life. We're socially separated from each other. We try to find ways to complete ourselves in social environments, don't we? We try to find satisfaction and wholeness, peace, joy, hope, and love. All these things in relationship. But no, we're alienated from each other because of this first alienation. Also, we're alienated. Listen to this. I want to read this next one. Look down to verse 9. But the Lord God, Lord God called the man and said to him, where are you? 
And he, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. The man is experiencing shame. He is now alienated within his own mind. And he's experiencing these, these things that are separated from God as a matter of psychology and trying to think about what's good or what's best or why am I naked. He, just, he doesn't know. This alienation has now affected everything in the world. And we're alienated from creation also. Look over in, uh, on chap- in chapter 3, verse 17. Now to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the, fi- of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Do you see that? We're now alienated from all creation. But what do we do? We go and try and complete ourselves, our minds. Our, we try to build our own wholeness by seeking fulfillment and all these other things, whether it's creation or psychology or social uh, uh, environments. But we're alienated from God. This is why these, these verses I just read about the Christmas story, when we read those verses and when we remember those at Christmas, that there is good news this is the gospel. We did a session in one of these classes where the professor said, hey, what's the gospel? Just, you know, got about a big whiteboard and what's the gospel? And we started, everybody started shouting things out and putting things up there. And I want to talk about the gospel this morning because we want our church to be very clear on what that is. The gospel is not a way of life. It, it will affect our way of life. It's not some system of values or system of do's and don'ts. It'll, it'll affect what we do. It'll affect those things, but that's not what it is. The gospel is a thing that happened on the cross where Christ comes for these reasons to reconcile us to himself, to complete us, to make us whole, so that now in all of those other environments where we go, whether it's creation or socially or seeking our calling and all those things, that can be completed by us being restored to the gospel. Does that make sense? The gospel is something that is not something that we do. It's something that's done for us. And the reality is, ultimately, the gospel is something that we respond to. Does that make sense? It's something that we respond to. Here is this provision for us, these incredible Christmas verses that we read and we celebrate every year. But the reality of it, we have a responsibility on the other side of that as we hear that to say, Lord, you are Lord. I believe. I want to follow you. I want to be reconciled. I want to come and be baptized. And we haven't talked about baptism a lot. I mean, we do it in the summer. But baptism, we've, we've actually, we, in the elder team, we've talked about baptism a lot. We've talked about this idea of spiritual formation and discipleship. And the beginning of any of these things is the new life that we, that we find in Christ. And baptism is a part of that. If we look at many examples in the scriptures, when someone believed in the Lord and confessed him with their mouth, believed in their heart that he is the Lord and confessed with their mouth that he is Lord, that was the time to be baptized. 
But we can find all kinds of things to procrastinate, can't we? For some reason. I'll do that later. When I know more. When I understand more. I'm still learning. We're all learning about baptism. I've got baptized, oh my goodness, decades ago. But I'm still learning about baptism and what it means for my life. What it means for my relationships. What it means for my family. The redemptive work of baptism is going to go on from that day forward. That's sanctification. The Lord is going to work in us by the power of His Spirit. But on that day, I believe, there's no reason to not be baptized. And so today, we're celebrating with a few people. And I want to look at a few of these verses. 1 Corinthians 5, 17. 1 Corinthians 12. And also Acts 2. Just so that we... and and Would you stand up, whomever is being baptized today? I don't know where you're sitting. Okay, great. One more, two more. There we go. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Please be seated. We just want to, we want, we, I, I want everyone to see who's going to be baptized. And, and I want to read these verses uh, for all of us, for you five certainly, and for all of us to just digest a little. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, this has become uh, one of our, our, our most talked about verses in the leadership of Crossroads Church, just trying to identify what it means to have new life and what it means to follow the Lord. Because our identity in that is actually given to us, but then there's also a part, of it, a part that we participate in through receiving it and working out that salvation with honor, reverence for God. The Word says fear and trembling. Moving toward Him uh, in a process. So, Let's read this in, in 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17. I'm going to read a few more verses, I think, than just that verse. Listen to this. So Paul is, uh, is speaking here to the Corinthians, and he's proclaiming the gospel. He is proclaiming that Jesus has come and made a way for us to have fellowship with God through him. And here's what he says. We have concluded this. This is uh, in verse 14. We have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might, not, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And if we jump down a little bit to verse 20, Paul says, We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Boy. If that's not identity, I don't know what is. And it's something that we're all going to grow in. We may not understand that fully and completely right now. I know that we don't, that, that we are his righteousness, that he makes us righteous. He makes anyone who calls upon his name, believes in their heart and confess with their mouth, I want to follow you, Lord, completely justified before God the Father. That's what the baptism celebration is about. Let's read another one. 1 Corinthians 12. Let's turn over to that. 
1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 14. This is such an important part of baptism. Listen to this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So two things there. We are baptized not only into, reconciled to God and into the community of the Godhead, but we're also baptized into the family of the church, into God's body. And we realize that, you know, this is not an isolated journey. I'm a part of this. And that's what Paul goes on to say there uh, with more description. Uh, I'm a part of the body. Each one of us is a part of the body. And the whole body, that's the body of Christ. That's the demonstration of Christ's presence on the earth. It's the whole body. And so we need the body. I mean, just think of it. To get from here to there, to go somewhere, to accomplish something, to grow, learn, be encouraged. So many things happen as we immerse ourselves in the body of Christ. And I want to read 1 Corinthians 12 for you there just to point out that's part of the journey. We've been baptized into the family of God. And that's also what we're celebrating with these folks today. And one spirit. The Lord seals us with his spirit at baptism. There is one spirit. And so we know the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and we're still on a journey trying to understand that mystery that is three in one. But we're baptized into the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's why we say we baptize you now. The Lord says in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. And baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach them everything I've taught you. This is what he said at the Great Commission. Teach them everything I've taught you. I mean, you could just move through one of the Gospels and watch for the commands or the things that Jesus teaches. And just make a little note. This is what he's teaching. How am I applying this in our life, in my life? That's what we want to do at Crossroads. So we're celebrating that also with these people. And I'll share a little bit about you when they go... And, uh, and get ready here. I want to read one more verse, and then I'm going to release you guys. If you guys would go uh, in a moment and just get, get ready, and then uh, we're going to share a few things together as, as, uh, as people who are supporting you and, and witnesses to your baptism. And then you just come on back in, and, uh, and we will uh, proceed with the ceremony. We're also going to have a little pancake breakfast, I think you all know, out here to celebrate as well. So uh, finally, Acts 2. Listen to this. Acts 2, um, verse 36. What did I put up there? 36 and 38, through 38. This is Peter preaching at Pentecost, and listen to what he says and, wh- how, and how they respond. He's teaching, he's proclaiming the gospel, that, that this is the gospel. This is how we are reconciled to God through Christ's death, burial, and, and resurrection. Let all of the house of Israel, therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Their response is, what shall we do? 
And when can we do it? And where shall we do it? Go and repent and be baptized. Peter, I mean, he just gives them such clear definitions. Here it is. So baptism is not something that we do without repentance. That's part of it. We come and we repent. And we don't just come. There's no way to do that around Christ. We repent in the name of Christ because we believe him to be the Lord, the Savior, the Messiah. These these verses that we share at Christmas and we sing about and all of these songs that are filled with these things, it's our provision. And I know you know this, but it's just so good to remember. And again, especially since we're celebrating uh, new life here today with these five people. Okay, so you guys, if you would, go and, and, uh, and, and get ready. and We'll give you about five minutes. Um, and then you're going to come on back in, and, and we will gather around this tank here to celebrate with you. Yeah, and we have towels for you. Uh-oh, they, they're gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so just while they're gone, I just want to talk about a couple of things. Um, like I said, I'm still learning about baptism. I think we all will, will be doing that for all of our life to understand the meaning and the importance of that. My first lesson on this came when I was about six years old. It's 20 years ago. In Crawford, Alabama, it's actually 51 years ago. In Crawford, Alabama, uh, there's an African-American church down the road, and they would come up to my grandfather's land, and, you know, they would be baptized. That's where they came and asked, and he wanted them to be baptized there. So they would come in the lake in the back of the house there and be baptized. I was six years old, and all these folks start showing up. And, I mean, they're dressed to the nines. And they get ready, and they get out in the water, and I'm just, I just get to watch. No one, you know, about 50 people, and I'm just there on the banks watching this. And they go, and they start baptizing people. And when the first one comes out of the water, it kind of scared me because it was not casual. It was not self-controlled. It was this celebration like I had never experienced before. By the way, I'd been in the, in the white church. This was amazing. There was something happening here that was a celebration that I, and I was only six, so I didn't have a lot going on, you know. Um, but I knew that there was something happening that was a celebration, and they were celebrating. This person was celebrating something that was super powerful, and I didn't know exactly what that was at the moment. But I've never forgotten those, those days, and that happened more than once. I've never forgotten those times because later on, becoming a pastor, et cetera, et cetera, and doing this for decades, I realized that's, that's something I want to remember for my life, for my faith, for our faith, because there's something there we can all learn from each other. There's something there I need to learn from. We're witnesses, by the way, to their, to their baptism today. And that's super important. As I said earlier and read from 1 Corinthians 12, that we're baptized into the family of God. I'm going to do this. Raise your hand if you're a follower of Christ here. Awesome. Now, raise your hand if you've been baptized. Awesome. Awesome. Here's the family. Okay, here's the family. So we should charge each other right now to care for each other in deep and meaningful ways. 
we, sh- we should charge, well, let's do, let's charge ourselves to care for these brothers and sisters who are being baptized today, to help them, encourage them, bless them, pray for them, learn from them, celebrate with them. Are you with me on that? Let's, let's do that. We, we, we know that God's call to us, somehow he's calling to us by his spirit wooing us through his kindness, through his love, through his wrath. I mean, honestly, there's so many ways that we might come to an understanding that, Lord, Lord I want to follow you. And so let's celebrate that and remember that together when these people are baptized. I want to read something to you from one of these books um, that I came across. Uh, this is the third one. I only read a, read a few pages of this one so far. But there's a statement up front that, that caught my attention, and I thought, well, I, I want to remember that. And then this week in preparing, I thought, well, I'm, I'm just going to read this for the church. Um, listen to this, church. It's quite easy to assume that if we understand the gospel accurately and preach it faithfully, that our ministry will necessarily be shaped by it. But this is not true. Many churches subscribe to gospel doctrines but do not have a ministry that is shaped by, centered on, and empowered through the gospel. Its implications have not worked their way into the fabric of how the church actually does ministry. These churches' theological vision has likely arisen from something other than sustained reflection on the gospel. Well, you can hold us accountable for that. We have been praying about that uh, more than a year, two years maybe, and God keeps making it clearer and clearer and clearer. And so we see kind of dimly in the distance what he's calling us to, and he's, he's going to direct our steps. We're going to make our plans, but you can hold us to that, and let's hold each other to that. Does that make sense? Um, so important, so important. I believe the enemy can get us off track. I know this in so many ways, so many ways. And it's just, just this subtle deception that you don't see coming at first and maybe not later on. And, 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 and maybe we convince ourselves that, you know, man, this is just my faith. And so we take our, our experience and we build a theology. We even build thoughts of God off of what we've experienced. And so we want to say as Crossroads Church, we want to hold ourselves accountable to say, Lord, no, we want to be founded and focused on your gospel. Okay, you with me? Okay. Well, let, are they ready? Are they back in? No? Yeah? Everybody get back? I want to make sure everybody got back. We're, uh, Kevin? We're waiting on Kevin? Oh, there's Kevin. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. We'll come. Um, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Awesome. Well, you guys come on up, and, and we're going to bring you up one at a time. And what we'll do, we'll introduce them, and we're going to give them just a moment to share a personal uh, thing with you just for a moment about their journey. And then we're going to read a scripture for them over them. Uh, for their blessing, and we've already read it today from First, Second uh, Corinthians five. Oh, let me grab my Bible there. I didn't even touch my teeth. 
Okay. I'm coming down. I want to come down here. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I don't care. All right. So, uh, Joe Kalen has volunteered to go first. Here he is. Joe, um, man, we're so excited. Uh, would you welcome Joe? Applaud him for being here to do this today. Yes. And we are going to give Joe the mic in just a moment. I want to turn back to this one scripture because I want to read it for you as we get ready here. But Joe, I want to give you the mic and uh, just let you share for a moment with everyone about what's happening today. Yeah, absolutely. The crying child is mine if we need to bring him in. Um, Hi, church community. I'm here today to publicly uh, confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord, and I want to bear his yoke. This is not something that I take lightly, but I've been humbled in the past few years. As a newer believer, as a husband, as a father, I can't do this alone. I need Jesus. I need his yoke. I need his guidance. I need his salvation. I can't do this on my own, and that's why I'm getting baptized today in front of my community. I'm very nervous because I don't bear this yoke lightly. Um, It's a serious commitment for me, Um, but I'm confident in my decision, and I'm confident in this community, and I'm confident in him. Thank you. Uh, let's see, Bryant, Steve, Mike, Taylor, are you here? Uh, so what we're going to do, so hop over in here and just stand kind of up here about a third of the way forward. Is it heated? Um, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. I know. I know. All right. Yeah, just give him a taste there. Um well, Joe, oh my goodness, you've, you've already affirmed this, but do you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior? I want to read a blessing for you from uh, 2 Corinthians 5, where Paul says, We have concluded that one died for all, and he died that those who live might, not no, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their, for their sake died and was raised. So from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. On behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So through God's promise, you are reconciled to the Father. Through God's provision, you have become his righteousness. And so through God's promise and provision, Joe Kalen, you are made whole. And so we baptize you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And just sit down. Oh, Father, we rejoice, and Lord, all heavens rejoicing, Lord, with this, your child, Lord, who has, Lord, been born again, been united with you, Jesus, because of your love, your amazing love, God. 
Um, he has been buried with you. He's been made alive with you, Father. We ask now for your promise of the Holy Spirit to come and to seal him, fill him, strengthen him, Lord, with all of your goodness and love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Brother, God bless you. Yeah, wrap up there. All right, Kevin Marshall, come on up, man. Oh, yes. All right, brother. Well, come on and hop. Well, no, stand beside here, and we'll let you hop in in just a moment. This is Kevin Marshall, and uh, Kevin, we're so excited to celebrate with you today, man. Very excited. Uh, just love you, man. I've known Kevin a long time, and, and just love his heart and give you a moment here just to share what's happening in your heart today. Thank you. Uh, I'm quite nervous. I'm just so blessed to have had the support of this lovely church and mostly from a real prayer angel and Ruthie. She has supported me and, and wished for this day for so long. <laughs> and it's such a blessing that I have this opportunity. In 2016, I was basically lost my life. I had a liver transplant. And as I passed to the other dimension, I was thrust into like a forest, and it was really dense, and it was no path. And all of a sudden, it seemed like such a long time that I was gone. That I was awakened, and my brother was yelling at me. And I looked up, and this nurse was just sweating. She was being attacked by me in my recovery. So it was such a strange ordeal that, wow, I'm back. I'm here again. And I realized I had no soul. And it's taken me a few years to believe in God and believe in Jesus Christ, who is going to be with me on my path. And so I am looking forward to this moment because I do have a new path, and I love Jesus, and I want to be a part of this journey. Amen, brother. Amen. All right. Kevin, that's so awesome, man. Well, I know that you believe this, but I want to ask you, do you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is our Lord and Savior? Amen, brother. Well, let me read this for you, a blessing over you from 1 Corinthians. Uh, Paul says, we have concluded, one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Kevin, through God's promise, you are reconciled to the Father. Through God's provision, you have become his righteousness. And so through God's promise and provision, Kevin Marshall, you are made whole. And we baptize you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
Come on, man. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this moment. Uh, we pray for your blessing and favor and provision in every way for Kevin. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Show him great and mighty things. And uh, Lord, may you just show him the path ahead. Thank you for his profession. Thank you for his faith and following you today. Uh, Lord, may you bless him in every way. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. amen brother. Amen, brother. God bless you. Liam, Liam Baker, come on up, man. This is Liam Baker, and uh, Liam just came to the church how many weeks ago? Um, it was about three months ago, six, four months ago that I came to the church. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I came to Aspen about a year ago, um, and grad, after graduating Boulder, and the reason I'm here is I'd, I was baptized as a baby, as Catholic, and throughout my life have grown farther from God and never really thought that I would return in this way. Um, but I was brought to my knees after the world had brought me to my knees after graduating and I was lonely, lost and didn't have anywhere to go, turn to. And, um, it was only through praying to Jesus, which I didn't think would be my savior again, um, that God found me and brought me back up and, it's evidenced through who he's brought into my life, Jody, um, who brought me into this church. I introduced me to all these people, and it's been a really, really um, transformational time for me. So this is, it's all good timing that this is happening. Thank you. That's exciting, brother. Well, come on, and we'll uh, help you in there. And, Liam, we're going to read this blessing for you from Second Corinthians for Paul, we have concluded that one has died for all, and he died that those who live might, not, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. On behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Liam, through God's promise, you are reconciled to the Father. Through God's provision, you have become his righteousness. And so through God's promise and provision, Liam Baker, you are made whole. We baptize you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. for you. Uh, Father, I thank you. Thank you for this young man, Lord, and um, Lord, just your your grace hounding us down, your amazing love, Lord. Flood his heart, flood his soul. Fill him now with your Holy Spirit. Seal him to walk with you mightily, Lord, compelled by your love for him. We rejoice, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, Amen. All right, and D. D. Rizzo, there you are. Come on up here. I'll let you get right through here so you can stand up front. Uh, D. We, uh, we love you. It has been such a, a beautiful thing to see you come to this day. And I want to give you a moment just to share uh, what's in your heart, if that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to try. Okay. 
Hi. So it's been a long journey for me. And I started off Catholic when I was a baby, and I was baptized there. So why am I doing it again? I'm doing it again because I'm solidifying my walk with him. And about a few years ago, he touched me and opened my eyes, and I see the world a little bit differently now than I ever did. And some of it is wonderful, and some of it's not so wonderful. And I will tell you that without him, there is such a loss in this world. And we need him. We need God to guide us. We need him to, to lead us, not only in our walk, but in our mind every day. And I, that's what I'm doing here today. I'm just solidifying that relationship with him, just letting him know I'm still here, and I'm still walking with him every day. Amen. All right, we'll hop on in here. We'll give you a hand. It's not warm? Just one more thing. Also, (laughs) so I, I have been divinely guided through the last several years of my life. And believe it or not, I didn't, I would never have thought to come to Aspen. No offense. I'm not a big snow person. I'm sorry. I know it's great for you guys, but I don't ski. I don't know why I was here. Um, but I was told to come here. I was told to come here for this church. And so here I am. And so I just want to give each one of these guys a hug. So give me one second. Oh, man. Oh, man. Bless you. Bless you, girl. All right, you're ready. Well, let me read this for you. Uh, Paul says, we have concluded this, that one died for all, and he died for all, that those who live might, not, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he, she, is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Be reconciled to God on behalf of Christ. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So through God's promise, you are reconciled to the Father. Through God's provision, you have become his righteousness. And so through God's promise and provision, D. Rizzo, you are made whole. And we baptize you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. praise you, Lord. We enter your, your gates with thanksgiving and praise, Lord, of this new life, this new creation right now, Lord God. We pray for your mighty blessings, your favor, your spirit, Lord God, being poured out on thee. Lord, we thank you that, that Lord, she is new. She is yours. Lord, forgiven and washed and cleansed in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, we thank you, God, for walking with her, empowering her, strengthening her, and building her up in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Bless you. Bless you. That is so awesome. All right, Riley. There's Riley. Come on up, Riley. Ah, so proud of this girl. Uh, she's our neighbor, been in our house many times. Oh, my gosh, hundreds. She just walks in. You don't need to knock. She knows that. Um, uh, she and Gracie have been friends for a long time, and, and we just love this girl. I want to give you a moment to share what's in your heart today. Hi, guys. I'm Riley. Um, so today I want to get baptized because I feel like God has done everything for me in my life and shown me fullness of joy and love. And I didn't always grow up a believer, but... Jesus took me back, and I'm ready to live with him every day here on out. Uh, All right, well, come on in. And Riley, I want to read this blessing for you, this truth. Paul says, we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who who for their sake died and was raised. So from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so, Riley, through God's promise, you are reconciled to the Father Through God's provision, you have become his righteousness. So through God's promise and provision, Riley Smith, you are made whole. And so we baptize you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mike, come on around here, man. I know that you have watched this girl grow, too, and, and I would love for you to pray for her, please. Father, we uh, lift Riley up to you and just praise you for her heart for you, her desire to walk with you, to see you do great things in her life. We pray that she would grow to be a woman of God that would be uh, in the fullness of life and a great witness for you. Pray your amazing blessing on her. Fill her with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Oh, all right, church. Well, what a day. And uh, I hope that, you know, we're just going to have this time of fellowship and a meal this morning. Stick around. I mean, please say hello to these guys and congratulate them. Uh, let's just enjoy some time together around the table this morning. Let's pray and we'll close. Lord, thank you for all that has happened here today. Lord, new life. Uh, we are inspired and encouraged. Uh, Lord, spurred on by uh, your people, Lord, and your spirit, uh, your salvation given to us through Christ our Lord. Lord, let this Christmas be a wonderful celebration for these five children of yours, and Lord, for those of us around them, let us celebrate and remember that you did come, that you have reconciled us to yourself. You've given us a righteousness that can be achieved no other way. And so, Lord, we receive that again and again, 
And we thank you for the beautiful workings of your spirit in these five people's lives today and before and in the future. We give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen, Amen, church. God bless you. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.